everyone, my name is Rachel Moses and I am Multimedia Editor for Thorax BMG. Today I am joined by Associate Professor James Trower from the Epidemiological Modelling Unit, School of Public Health and Preventative Medicine, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And he will be talking to us today about his paper recently published in Thorax BMJ, Timing of Tuberculosis Exposure Explains Variation in BCG Effectiveness, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. So welcome, James. Thanks, Rachel. So the first thing I want to ask you is around tuberculosis. So we know that it's the world leading infectious disease killer with the BCG vaccine being the only approved vaccine for its control. So this paper was a systematic review of studies looking at the effectiveness of BCG vaccination on TB disease, including the subcategories of TB disease. So can you tell us a little bit about why your paper is different from the rest? Yeah, well, for a number of years, I've felt like the accepted paradigms and the the accepted explanations for why BCG vaccination behaves so differently in different settings don't feel quite right to me. And I've always wanted to have a really deep dig into the literature. And so over the last few years, I've finally managed to scratch that itch and have a look at at the studies from my own perspective. We see in Victoria, in Australia, that patients who are, or people who are contacts of active TB cases have a substantially higher risk if they are BCG vaccinated. But that's subject to confounding because it's just observational data. So I really wanted to get back to the randomised controlled trials and look at the highest level of evidence to see what the explanation might be. So in your results, you propose that the BCG vaccination protects against early post-vaccination exposure to tuberculosis, but ineffective in later exposure. So that's quite significant. Can you talk me through a little bit more what your hypothesis might be? Sure. And I guess what part of the purpose of doing this review was that we really wanted to just set out the evidence and let the readers decide. So we reviewed the evidence from the perspective of the background TB epidemiology and tried to have a really strong focus on that and explain to the readers and just present to the readers how each of the studies were different from that perspective. But we do want readers to look at the evidence themselves and make up their own minds, and I'll be really interested to see what the response is to the article in the coming in the coming months and, uh, and what, what people are, are posting in relation to the article about whether they believe this is the correct hypothesis or not. So I guess getting back to the evidence, what we see is that VCG vaccination is very clearly highly effective against uh, TB in neonates, in young children. It's also very effective in the short term at protecting against TB disease. And also even in the longer term in low burden settings in places like Norway and other Um, other places where there's been long-term observational data collected, we see that people who are BCG vaccinated remain protected for a very long period of time. So it's hard to square that with the observations that we see in Victoria from contacts where they appear to be at a higher risk. And as I say, I really wanted to get back to these randomised controlled trials. So the the one group of studies that doesn't really seem to show uh, substantial protection is the group of studies that are done in high burden settings where there's longer follow-up. 
But it's, it's again, really hard to tease that out because that's, again, a mix of people who, some of whom have been, uh, some of whom are different ages and there's different follow-up durations. And so people get lumped together when you get uh, one estimate of effectiveness over a long period of time. So it's hard to tease it out, but we've done the best that we can from the available data. And our hypothesis is that the, the process that BCG is not protecting against is late exposure to TB years after vaccination. It is fascinating. And if we take into context mass vaccination planning, and, you know, we're recording this in March 2021 in the midst of a global respiratory pandemic, it's never been more important. Now, in your paper, you suggest a new framework for understanding the substantial variation in BCG vaccination trial results, which could have profound implications for understanding the effect of BCG vaccination on the global TB epidemic. So can you just finish off by talking us through a little bit more about that? Thank you. Yeah, well, so, I mean, one of the clearest reasons to give BCG vaccination is to protect children against the most severe forms of disease. And that's a really compelling reason to vaccinate people. And protecting children is, is just so critical because TB in children is, so, is such a crippling illness. And we do see that whenever BCG vaccination programs are interrupted, that we get surges in TB rates in children and children die. And so that's, that's one of the most compelling reasons to give it. But also children are not infectious as on the whole. Well, sorry, that's a generalisation. But on the whole, children are less infectious with TB than adults are. And that's pretty well established. So the people who are really perpetuating the epidemic and leading to continuing transmission are adults. And, and the most important group of adults for for continuing transmission are adults in high burden settings. So we're proposing that, we're arguing that TB occurring late from vaccination um, in high burden settings, that there's very little evidence to say that, that BCG vaccination protects against that process. And it's unclear whether the rates of TB in adults late from vaccination is the same or whether it's increased or whether it perhaps maybe decreased by BCG vaccination. And we didn't really find evidence one way or another. Um, but we, we need to know more about that. It's hard to know how we're going to collect that information, given that it's not really present in the trials that we reviewed. Um, but that group is really the most important. And we need to, I guess, think some more, uh, think in the context of the article that we've published. I'll, as I say, I'll be interested in what other, other, how other people respond to this, because if we, if we do think that the rates of TB are no lower and perhaps could even be higher in adults in high burden settings who have been vaccinated years, years later, there could be perverse effects on the epidemic. Well, thank you. And what a note to finish on. We absolutely love a bit of discussion around a paper. So for those listening to this podcast who would like to review the full article, please click on the hyperlink below. And if you would like to leave any comments on this page or through our social media pages on Facebook or Twitter at ThoraxBMJ, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rachel.